Tonight, I want us to ask a simple question. What if Jesus really meant what he said? We live in a society that is very loose with their words. We live in a time when people say things, but they don't really mean them. They're empty threats. Parents are terrible at it. Have you gone to Walmart? Have you seen... It always aggravates me. I'll go to Walmart and, and I'll see children throw fits. Have you ever seen that? And then uh, I'll hear the parents say, if you don't quit crying, I'm going to take you home. And I think, no, you're not. You won't do it. Um, it's just empty words. And that child knows it's empty words. How many times have you heard a parent say, stop, 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 and a child keeps on, and they'll keep on until they get to two and a half? You know, one, two, you know, we do the countdown, and they know you're serious when you get to three or two, but up until that, they don't really think you mean what you say. You know, I I think I've told you this, and it gives you a little bit of insight as to kind of what bounces around in my head sometimes, but... You know what I always wanted to do when the child or the children got all torn up, throwing a little hissy in the in Walmart or some store because they want something. They put all that good stuff right there where you check out, and they want that, and they start crying. Just to get them to stop crying, I've wanted to buy it, and they settle down, and then get in the car and eat it in front of them. You know, just... <laughs> It doesn't do you any good. You can cry all you want, but I'm eating it. But uh, I didn't do it. I just thought that. I've never done it. But anyway. But what if Jesus really meant what he said? I'd like for us to entertain that question tonight. I think that we have dismissed a lot of things that Jesus says on the basis of the... Well, we we assume he's kind of like us. We don't always mean what we say. You know, we say you're not allowed to go, and then we end up relenting and letting them go. Uh, we say, oh, I'll be there at 4 o'clock, and then we're not there at 4 o'clock. We can say the due date is this, and then the due date comes, and we give people slack. And because of that, we sometimes think, I think, we sometimes then think that God's going to deal with us in the same way. Hosea chapter 11 and verse 9 says that I'm God. I'm not a man. God is different from man in that respect. He keeps his word. And that word will someday judge us. And so I want us to look at just a few things tonight. What would we do? How would we act what what would be our practice? What would change in our lives if we really believed that Jesus meant exactly what he said? Well, let's open our Bibles, first of all, to Matthew chapter 16. Because here's what a lot of folks think. They think, God's a gracious God. And he loves me, and he does. And he is gracious. But on the basis of that, we sometimes draw the conclusion, therefore God's not really going to hold me to... He's going to overlook things. You know, I love my kids, and I'm gracious to them, and they don't always obey me, and and I let them off the hook. You know, I I love them, and so I don't hold them to... Or or I'll I'll change the terms that I originally had said, uh, because I love them, and 
since God is a gracious God and He loves us, if I don't come into perfect alignment with His will, maybe He'll change. Maybe He won't really hold us to that. Well, in Matthew chapter 16, there's an example of this very thing that takes place. And, and it's a situation where God says one thing, man says something else, and I want to see what Jesus has to say about it. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 16, look at verse 21 through 23. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus showed his disciples that he must do these things. That's why he came. This isn't optional. This is something in God's scheme of redemption. You must go to the cross. You must die for people. You must be betrayed and put on that cross. This is what Jesus says. This must take place. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. Jesus just said, this is what I must do. And Peter has the nerve to, to pull him aside and say, hey, Jesus, mm-mm, that is not going to happen. Far be it from you. And literally, that's a Hebraism, which literally the Hebrew words or, or the Greek words in that passage is um, uh, mercy upon you or or grace upon you. In other words, what Peter was saying in this expression is that I know you say this is what you have to do, but mercy be upon you. Um, Far be it from you. You, You're not going to have to do this. So Peter is saying, rely on God's mercy rather than doing what you have to do that's unpleasant. What's Jesus' response to that? Verse 23. But he turned and said to Peter, Oh, why didn't I think of that? No, that's not what he said. He turned to him and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you're not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Jesus rebuked him When Peter said, hey, I know this is what you say you have to do, but rather than that, let mercy be upon you. And Jesus says, you're Satan. Get behind me. You're a stumbling block to me. You're mindful of the things of man rather than things of God. You you want it your way rather than God's way. Jesus didn't see the word of God as something that was negotiable that you could do it or you couldn't do it. It's up to you. Jesus didn't see that we can rely on grace and mercy instead of obedience to his will and be good with God. Here's a man who tried, and Jesus rebukes him and even calls him Satan. So let's understand that. Now, let's look at some passages together tonight. 
What if Jesus really meant what he said in these verses? Turn in your Bible to Matthew or to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be condemned. What if Jesus really meant that? How many times have we seen people or heard people try to reason that away, try to argue with it, try to say, you don't really have to be baptized. He doesn't say, he that believeth not and is not baptized shall be... Why would he have to? If you don't believe... Salvation rests on belief and baptism. Condemnation, it only takes one, unbelief. And do you have to say, and not baptized, if... If you don't believe, who's going to get baptized? It's, it would be pointless. If a person eats and digests, they'll live. But a person who doesn't eat shall die. It takes two things to live. You have to eat and you have to digest your food. But it only takes one to die. Just don't eat. It would be pointless to say, and he that doesn't eat and doesn't digest. If you didn't eat, you're not, there's nothing to digest anyway. So why even bring that up? And that's what the Lord is saying. What if Jesus meant what he said? If you want to be saved, you believe, and you're baptized, and you're saved. What if that's what he meant? Think of it this way. How else, if Jesus believed and wanted us to understand that we had to believe and be baptized to be saved, how else would he have said it other than the way he said it? If Jesus wanted us and wanted to convey the concept that we have to believe and be baptized to be saved, how plainer could he have said it than to say, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved? And you know what I find interesting? We we understand this in any other context other than salvation. It's only when it comes to salvation that we begin to quibble. And I don't quite understand why that is. If I said, um, he that, uh, you know, gets out of his chair and comes up here and shakes my hand, I'll give you $100 tonight. If you just sat up and then sat back down and said, oh boy, I can't wait to see Steve after church and get my $100, you wouldn't think you had $100 coming to you. Because I said, he that gets up out of his pew and comes and shakes my hand will receive $100. If you wanted $100, you'd do both of those things. I don't have any question at all. If I said, he that gets up to the plate and hits a home run, gets a a trip to Hawaii, we'd know what, it wouldn't be the person that just gets up to the plate and says, you owe me a trip to Hawaii. Because I said, gets up to the plate and hits a home run. It's so plain. It's so simple when it comes to anything other than salvation. And now when we're talking about salvation and receiving that gift from God, all of a sudden we want to quibble with the second part of that. But instead of quibbling, what if Jesus really meant what he said? What would you do? You would believe and you would be baptized in order to be saved. 
if you really believed what he said. Let's look at another passage. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Well, even going on through verse 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have... Excuse me. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many mighty wonders in your name? And then I'll declare, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What if Jesus really meant what he said? What if there will be people who will stand before him in the day of judgment and they will call him their Lord? Will he really turn somebody away? Not people who say, I never did believe in you. I thought religion was a sham. I never had any use for it, and I didn't have any use for religious people, and I don't have any use for you. He's not talking about that kind of person. He's talking about people who spent their life in what they believed to be devotion to God. They called Jesus Lord. They did mighty works in His name. They were out there working in the name of Jesus. And to those people, Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. And the reason is, he says, because you didn't do the will of my Father. What if Jesus really meant that? That we don't just get a free pass because we're sincere and and that um, we, we call Jesus Lord. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, all that really matters is that we're all trying to serve the same Lord and trying to go to heaven, and it doesn't matter what you believe and what you practice. It doesn't matter what church you go to. It doesn't matter what your faith is. We're all just trying to... You live a good life here. You, You serve Jesus, and everything's good. Well, I know that's what people say, but what if Jesus really meant what he said? Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. We need to obey him. Because that's what he said to do. And he tells us explicitly that there will be people in the day of judgment that won't make it to heaven because they didn't obey him, even though they called him Lord. What if he really meant what he said? Then I'd have to obey him. Look at a third passage. Turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 21, I'm not going to read it, but just to give you the context, Peter had asked the question, Lord, how many times shall a person sin against me? Seven, and I forgive them in one day. And and Jesus says, well, no, I'll try 70 times seven. And he began to illustrate it by saying, there's this guy, and he owes his master an exorbitant amount of money. There's no way he could ever pay it off in a thousand lifetimes. 
And it's time to pay your debt. And he comes and he says, I can't do it, but please be patient with me and I'll pay you all of it. And, you know, the master looked at him with compassion and said, I forgive you your debt. It's gone. What if we just went to the bank today or you got a phone call or a letter in the mail from the bank and it was a letter from the president of the bank and they said, your mortgage is forgiven. How good would you feel? I don't have to pay. It's done. I don't have to work out payments. We're not talking about refinancing. You mean it's forget? Yeah, it's forgiven. It's, it's paid for. Wow. What a gift that would be. But imagine somebody doing that for you and then you going next door to your neighbor who borrowed, you know, a 99 cent screw or a cup of sugar and you say, pay me back. And I mean now. And if you can't, I'm going to take you to courts. Unthinkable. And Jesus uses that illustration to say, and so will my heavenly Father do unto you. The the man's forgiveness was revoked. And he said, and the Lord will do the same to you if you from your heart do not forgive your brother. What if Jesus really meant that? That we will not be forgiven if we don't forgive others. Do you know of anybody, friends, family, who keep grudges, who have hard feelings toward people, and they're not letting it go? They won't let go. They hold on to it. They carry it all their life. They never have a good relationship with these people. They always think bad thoughts of them. They never have a good word to say to them because they have conflict, a barrier that stands between them. They will not forgive. They go to church every Sunday. They go to church every Wednesday. They go home and they pray. But they've just got this thing with their brother, and they won't let it go. What if Jesus really meant what he said? You who have been forgiven so much, you can't bring yourself to forgive your brother. If that's the case, the Lord will revoke your forgiveness and demand of you the the price for your poor choices. If we don't from our heart forgive another, he'll revoke our forgiveness. What if he really meant that? What, what would we do? I think we'd get on the phone or go over to somebody's house and knock on the door and say, we need to get some things cleared up. I need to apologize. I need to start again with you. If we really believed what he said, that's what we'd do. Let's look at another passage, John chapter 8 and verse 24. In John chapter 8 and verse 24, Jesus said, Therefore I say to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, You will die in your sins. And then in John chapter 16, uh, or excuse me, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, 
Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. What if Jesus really meant that? I've heard people say, Christianity can't be the only way. Because you know what that would mean? That would mean, you know how many people that would exclude? If Christianity, if Jesus is the only way to the Father, then you know that excludes this group and this group and this. You know how many world religions are excluded from that number? You're saying they can't go to heaven? Almost always when a a man has religious convictions and he runs for president, that's one of the things they want to pin him down on. Are you saying that you have to be a Christian to go to heaven? What if Jesus really meant what he said? That apart from me, you can't go to the Father. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 that uh, there's salvation in no other name other than the name of Jesus. I remember a few years ago, well, it's been more than a dozen years ago now, uh, a religious body, uh, national, nationwide, denominational body, had a conference, and they had voted that Jesus was not the only way to the Father. And I read their, their national publication And one of their ministers had written in and he said, I am so thankful that we voted Jesus is not the only way to the Father because I always had trouble with that. Imagine that. Here are people who claim to be disciples of Jesus and they voted down Jesus and said the exact opposite of what he said. What if Jesus really meant what he said? That there is salvation and no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What if he really meant, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And folks, listen, when people say, well, that that just makes God too narrow. I don't know that I like a God that would do that. I have problems with a God that would do otherwise. What kind of a God would send his son to die if he didn't have to die? What kind of a God would listen and let his pleas of his son, Father, remove this cup from me? What kind of a God would not remove that cup from him if it didn't have to be done? The cross of Jesus demands, if we're to maintain a moral and upright and just God, demands that Jesus is the only way to the Father. I know that's not politically correct, but it is what Jesus said. And what if Jesus really meant what he said? And let's look at one more, Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 and 38. Jesus said, he who loves your father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. 
Family. Man, don't ask me to go against family. You know, blood is thicker than water, we're told. But I think Jesus intends for the waters of baptism to be thicker than blood. I think our relationship in Christ is to supersede any physical relationship we might have with one another. Jesus says, if it causes you to to turn your back on your father and mother to be faithful to me, you've got to do it. If you have to turn your back on your sons and your daughters in order to be faithful to me, you've got to do it. You have to love me more. How many families have lost their way because they were too into family and not enough into God? What if Jesus really meant... You've got to love me more than your family. You have to love me more than your wife, more than your husband, more than those children that you would lay your life down for. You have to love me more. You have to put me first. Seek me first and my kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. What if he really meant that? How would that be reflected in the choices that we make? Do you know how many times the church has been beaten up by disgruntled family members because of the way the church had to deal with or correct or discipline a a fellow family member, and, and they run the church down. They run the body of Christ down because they hurt Joey or Tommy or our little Susie. Our loyalty has to be first to God. What if Jesus really meant that? How would it change the way we live? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6 that our loyalties can't be divided. You can't love God and money. You have to pick one. You can't have two masters. It's impossible. And so we come to the end of this lesson, and here's what I just want to close with. Jesus did mean what he said. He's God, not man. We don't always follow through. God is faithful to his word. And in John chapter 12 and verse 48, Jesus said this, You can reject me and my words. You can say, he's not going to do that. I don't believe that. He's not going to hold us to that. You can reject me and my words, but I'm telling you, there's one that judges you. The words that I have spoken, the same shall judge you in the last day. You can't break the word of God and get away with it. You can say he doesn't mean it. You can say he's going to relax his standards. You can say that's just an ideal, but he doesn't expect it of you. But here's what he said at the end of the day. When we stand before him, he's going to open up the book, and the words of this book are going to be our judge. And we, at that time, will either have done or not done what he said. What if Jesus really meant what he said? How does that affect your life tonight? If he really meant what he said, are there changes that you need to make? Maybe you're sitting here and you've never been baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Oh, you know you should. 
And maybe you've even argued with it a little bit, but what if he meant what he said, that in order to be saved, you need to believe and be baptized? If you really believe that and you want to be saved, you'll take those steps tonight. We'll assist you in that. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful, and you need to get your life right, if you really believe that just calling Jesus Lord isn't going to get you to heaven, if you really believe what he said about... Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father, if you really believe that and you know you're not living it, you would come tonight and say, I want to rededicate my life. I want to change some things. I repent and I want to live for Jesus again. Jesus really meant what he said. And if you need to respond to his words, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.